welcome back to the Thumbs Up Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Devine, and today we are speaking to the wonderful Hive Mind TV, uh, the two hosts of it, Riley and Graydon. Um, so, Hive Mind TV is a YouTube channel where they talk about underground music, uh, they talk about mainstream music, make competition videos, talk about uh, their fans and interact with them on their YouTube channel. Um, I've been a big fan of them since the beginning of the pandemic, um, and they are just hilarious guys, make great content, uh, very in-depth music commentary videos, and I really enjoy their stuff, and I was really excited to you know, have them on the podcast and them to just have this conversation with me. It was really awesome. Um, but yeah, we talk about a bunch of stuff, their origin story, um, how they make music videos, uh, and also too, just kind of talk about Ohio and, uh, the music scene within it. Cause they are both from Ohio and, uh, I'm from Ohio as well. So it was really awesome to have that type of conversation. And then, yeah, it was just overall a really interesting conversation, getting to know them, getting to know their story. So yeah, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and I will be talking to you soon. Peace. Welcome back to the Thumbs Up Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Devine, and here today we are with the creators of Hive Mind TV, Graydon and Riley. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having us. What is up, Kyle? I am Riley, and my voice sounds like this. <laughs> I am Graydon. <laughs> we are here. Yes. That's awesome, man. Um, if you guys want to, just give yourself a little bit of an intro. Uh, so, sure. Uh, I'm Riley. I am host of the content videos on the channel and i also do illustrations and branding and editing the content videos and i am his color commentator kind of co-host extraordinaire bit of like relieve his social anxiety while he's doing the videos and get reactions to music he likes <laughs> well that's awesome um i'm a big fan of these two guys um i've been uh trying for a little bit to get this going i think i dm'd riley a while ago and then it just didn't work out um i know you guys are pretty busy with uh different things and stuff like that so i understand but uh, yeah, i'm just sorry really about that that just it literally slipped in the dms i just like lost it and i was like wait i was supposed to do that podcast and then you hit me up on like a live stream and i was like I knew I was supposed to do the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, because both of you guys said, uh, yeah, we'd be down. And then Graydon goes, yeah, I got so much dirty laundry to throw or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, uh-oh. I was like, I'm oh, not man. asking. Yeah, this. we're here for it. <laughs> All right. So the first thing I wanted to ask you guys, if someone asked you what Hive Mind TV was, what would you tell them? Um, I feel like nowadays – like I used to try to think of kind of like a profound answer that like gave an actual thing. Now I just kind of say like, it's a YouTube channel, you yeah. know, like it's a YouTube channel like that is in all its forms, like music videos to like, you know, mall tier list. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a wide ranging, like it's our YouTube channel. We make a bunch of stuff about underground music, but we also just try to make stuff that's entertaining. Yeah. And then it's also a platform to showcase some of our other skills. Like we, are very ambitious with our music videos. So I try to mention those couple things, but at, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just a YouTube channel. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I, but honestly, the, that explanation though, I think it's perfect. You guys are definitely like a melting pot for creativity, like in every aspect when it comes into like the music business, like the only thing you guys don't talk about is realistically like the business side, but everything else you guys touch on, I think. Yeah, I w we don't talk about the business side because we don't know it. That's yeah. the thing that's funny. Yeah, no, yeah. We're not really like business guys. I'm Nobody in involved with us is. No, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Same here. It's okay. Yeah. Trust me. College is screwing me over right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I was a good businessman, I wouldn't have gone to college. And I probably wouldn't have started a YouTube channel. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no but seriously though um i think that was a great answer to that question because honestly what more can you say other than hey i have a youtube channel why don't you just go watch it <laughs> yeah i think that you get it if you watch it that's the thing that's yeah. it's hard to explain right what you know it just and it's like different like i don't know for so long i thought about like you have to like cater to everyone like as if it's like a network television show mm. but it's really not like it's just it's like for your followers, you know, we're not making videos really for the people that aren't following us. Yeah. You, know, you do it for your yeah. community and you just hope that that community grows. Yeah. yeah. And everybody, everybody's welcome, but yeah. it's just like, 
you know, if we're like, I don't take the criticism from like my dad per se, right? Because yeah. he doesn't get it, you know. Yeah. So it's, I'm not gonna try to explain to him what makes our channel good, you know. Yeah, I love <laughs> Well, I was gonna say because you guys honestly have like a pretty cult fan base, especially like seeing through like the Discord and especially the videos that you guys have posted about your Discord. Um, and I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I think especially with uh, people talking about underground music because some, like underground music is such like a cult fan base in itself anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you guys have really attached to that feeling, I guess you could say that people are gravitating towards this channel for. Yeah. Yeah. We try to interact with everybody a lot too. I think that helps. Yeah. hundred percent. I would it. say, I was gonna say you responded to me and I appreciate it. So. Hey, of course, man. And in terms of like community, I feel like it's easier in a lot of ways like under our umbrella than it is like if you're in a discord let's just say for a singular artist yeah you know because if you're in there you're gonna like stand that artist and like your point of view is gonna come from there and ours is kind of a, i guess a little wider for people mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say because you guys don't really like because if you guys really wanted to you guys could like centralize on the underground but you guys don't you guys really try your best to like be like wide brand of everything underground yeah like, because there's a lot of YouTube channels that just talk about like the emo scene of underground music or, you know, the hyper pop scene. Now I was going to say, and you guys honestly like try your best to like find every aspect and represent that, I guess you could say. Yeah. And it's, it's a feedback loop too, because yeah. I just pay attention to what our fans like yeah. or the people, the people that are involved in the community or whatever, like, and even though you're into underground music, that doesn't mean that you're going to deny watching a video that involves Playboy Cardi or something. In fact, a lot of people in the underground are care about that. Oh, so yeah. then I try to include stuff like that. I try to just take what I can like glean from my interactions with everybody and then include them in the video so that it's entertaining for people and like interests them, you know, hundred percent. I would totally agree with that. All right, so moving on from that, I noticed you guys, uh, your guys' YouTube channel around the beginning of the pandemic and have been a fan since, but you guys have been making videos since around like 2017 uh, with your first couple of music videos. Uh, can you guys tell me how the Hive Mind brand happened and how like you guys started making the content or pretty much like the origin story of it? Yeah. Take your reins off, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. There's kind of like two starting points and that they, they end up kind of merging together. Okay. So if you go back on our channel, like the actual high mind channel that exists right now, you'll see a lot of music videos from 2017. And then there's another channel that is now called Hive mind archives that that's the channel that Graydon and I started in 2017. So I started hive mind as a branding project for college it was basically a graphic design like thesis project for, for college for me. Yeah. So I started it and like did all the branding and got it graded and all that stuff. But when I was coming up with the idea for it, Grady and I lived together. We already kind of had a dynamic. We had talked about doing video content together before. And so I asked him to be a part of it. We started doing it more as an interview show. Yeah. That was kind of the idea it was a lot of interview stuff. Um, and our third interview ever as Hivemind, we did with a collective in Cincinnati that at the time was called Wake and Shake. Okay. And in that collective were, it was uh, Grand Ace, Internet Boy, who at the time was going by Island Boy Luna, and uh, Leo Pastel, Deo Gold, uh, Josiah, who at the time was going by Free, and then Alex and Grant, who are yeah. now a part of Hivemind. They were the video team for Wake and Shake. Okay. And so we did that interview just because we were into the music and they were a cool up and coming collective. Yeah. And then started kind of a working relationship with them where I was doing cover art for the guys. We would vlog their shows, all that stuff. And then eventually, as a lot of people know, Josiah ended up blowing up mm -hmm. and his music videos were on that channel, the Wake and Shake channel, which Alex and Grant were doing all the music videos for them. And, and Josiah blew up, got signed to Atlantic. And when he left, he kind of couldn't be a part of the collective the same way anymore. And yeah. they were kind of wondering what to do. And they actually hit me up to rebrand their YouTube channel. And I did some work for them. And then they kept being like, ah, oh, no, we want it more like Hive Mind, more like Hive Mind, more like Hive Mind. So eventually, Grayden and I had the conversation of like, should we bring these guys on board and try to do this all together? Yeah. And then that's what we did. But we, we migrated onto their channel because yeah. they had more of a following at the time and we want to 
the Josiah videos to stay up there. And we felt yeah, like we could kind of part with our content yeah. and leave it in one place and then bring it somewhere new. Yeah. So that's what happened uh, in 2018, about August is when we migrated and became what High Mind is now. Okay. Yeah. No, that's honestly so, yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, no, that's a pretty, listen, I've had like many times where I've asked people about their like origin stories and stuff like that. And like, especially how like, two different stories it is you piece that together very very well like i totally understood 100 percent. my adhd did not go through the roof that <laughs> well, story. i'm glad he's used to talking to me so <laughs> <laughs> um but like realistically um talking about like the origin story and like all that kind of stuff you guys uh like you said early on we're talking about or did interviews and things of that nature mm. um and then about like a year ago or i would even say shorter than that uh, you guys really changed up the content in the last year and made it more of like a commentary channel mm-hmm. um so like what inspired that it was it was slow. like what were you gonna say i was gonna say kind of like just out of necessity like we had more jokes and more things we wanted to talk about and it became like kind of became a task of being like well yeah we like this person's music but like we didn't want to just talk about the artists you know we wanted to talk about like a broader i guess kind of thing and like get some more of our comedy out there and this seemed like like an easier direction for me i the way that i looked at it it was kind of a slow progression but basically it goes back to that feedback loop thing like we i we were putting out stuff for so long and realizing what people liked and what they didn't and then also I was trying to do a lot of work on the ground of just like consuming a lot of YouTube content and seeing what worked for other people. And mm-hmm. I realized that we had a lot of ingredients that were working, but we had to kind of put them in a box that would actually reach people. So it was more so about finding the thumbnail and title right. that would give us, or like even just a reined in concept that would give people an idea of what they were watching before they watched it. Cause we yeah. tried a lot of like, let's do a podcast yeah. and I'll make yeah. the, the thumbnail and title, like the main story from that 45 minute podcast. And in a weird way, like when we first started doing videos with like titles, like guess the rapper of this or whatever, all that stuff, it made the content shorter. And then now it's starting to make the content longer again, but that's yeah. just because we our, our fan base is used to seeing those thumbnails and those titles and realizing what they're getting into. And those are showcases for everything else that we can do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I imagine someday we'll get back to the point where we're going to do a podcast that has segments in it and all that stuff, but you kind of have to bring people in with branding stuff. Like you have to do a lot of outreach to get to that point where people are paying attention. Yeah, I was gonna say, and that's like a great outlook, I think, personally, especially on a YouTube channel, because sometimes you'll see a lot of these YouTubers that do talk about music and stuff, and all, all like, almost every time you'll see them, like, do a video series that they're just beating a dead horse, where it's, yeah. like, obviously not grabbing the traction that they want, but people still keep watching it, so then they just keep making it, and it's just, like, a vicious cycle of just not going anywhere, so yeah. I, yeah. I think realizing that's, like, really smart. Yeah. And especially my focus during that time was not making it about one artist or one scene or one thing, because that is going to come and go. And if you'll come and go with it, if it's not about like you or about something that is uh, malleable, you know, something that changes over time that like the content can change with it, like parallel to it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so what made you guys stick to like the underground music scene, like primarily for content? Like what was it that gravitated you guys to like keep making those type of videos? I guess you could say. Speaking up for the little man. Yeah. You know, we had so we like always found ourselves in a scene or like a like when we were living together in Cincinnati, you know, what led us to that interview, that fateful interview with <laughs> Grant and Alex and the guys from Wake and Shake was just you know, trying to find a way that if we're going to start a platform to like elevate our friends and yeah. outside of our friends, like the music we dig. And we've kind of always been like snobs, not the right word, but like eager to show people like, Hey, I found this and I know you're going to like it. Like, yeah. Kind of like you were saying with your favorite record store, like you walk in there, he knows your name, he knows what you like. And like, I am the same way with my list of friends. Yeah. If a certain track comes up, and it hits me 
in a certain way, I know which friends to send it to right away. And it's going to, they'll like it and reciprocate that too. Yeah. yeah. And so the focus on the underground was just kind of stems from that like character trait. I think we both have. Okay. Yeah. I think I kind of, in a way, both of us were doing a lot of the stuff that we do on the channel in real life before we ended up making it a thing. So the five hottest in the underground, like Graydon can vouch. There were times where Graydon would come over to our house or whatever, and there would be things that were just like that. Yeah. He'd be sitting in front of the TV, probably smoking bowls or whatever. And then there, like, I would pull up like, yo, have you, you got to check this out, show it to him. And then he would react like literally the same exact structure. He would react to it. And then I try to give what I think it means. Like yeah. I try to give some sort of context to it yeah. of like, this is why this is new. This is why this is going to work. This is why I think this is inspiring. This reminds me of this artist, whatever. And then I'd go to the next one and do the same thing. Yeah. And I was always trying to find stuff like that. And then we just like took all of those sensibilities that we had and tried to pump them into something that everybody else, like we can do that now with a room of 10,000 people instead of just me and him, yeah. you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And in you. a weird way, it still is just me and him. Right. Because in the room before it goes out, it's just me and him yeah. and we're just showing each other music, yeah. making jokes. And then now those people get to experience that too, which is cool. Yeah. I was going to say, because a lot of the artists you guys talk about or even post on there, like if you're a huge underground fan, you'll know some of them, but even if you are, you're not going to know maybe like half of them or right, a quarter right. of them. And I think that's also the interesting part is we're in grade and shoes of watching these things and being like, I have never seen anything like this. Yeah. Right. But it is like SpongeBob and Patrick. Cause some people know, like some people are me and some people are great. Right. Like oh, yeah. Some people know, and they want to see someone react to it the way that I'm excited to see what Graydon thinks of it. And some people are great and, and they want to see something new and be like, Whoa, this is like different or this is crazy or I would like this or I don't like this, but at least it was shocking, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I live under a rock. <laughs> Especially I not being on social Squidward, media. By the way, <laughs> I, said, I meant SpongeBob and Squidward, but I said SpongeBob and Patrick, but it's fine. Hey, it's all good. I promise yeah. you're good, man. But no, honestly, that's like one of the cooler things that I see uh, that makes you guys different uh, compared to a lot of guys that talk about underground music. And I think too, is you guys really do, put these artists on a platform where some people that do talk about underground music and stuff like that they're just kind of using it as content where you guys I feel like are actually like promoting them and like mm -hmm. actually putting out their content like in a positive way of like hey like you should seriously go check this out like these people are actually worth your time to check out so yeah, yeah much and, appreciated yeah we believe in that like, yeah that's for yeah. sure like I yeah, I see this word being used negative now more than ever, but like in the original conception, like the idea of being somewhat of a gatekeeper. Yeah, like meant, meant like you had like a integrity to your taste that was like when you co-signed that thousand view video, mm -hmm. it's not just because it has like a shock value to it. It's because you like it and like yeah. your taste like speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah. I agree completely. I was going to say it's more of a ta I like tastemaker more than gatekeeper, but yeah, right. Either of those things, they can come off as like pretentious and I don't want to be like that, but I want to like, if you are, if you're putting people onto something that they've never seen before and they end up liking it, people take to it. If you do that enough times, you get to a place where you can genuinely help people. And that's okay. what, that's what we're working towards too, is like, yeah, there are 10,000, 15,000 people watching those videos. But like when we get to a place where there's 100,000 people watching, we can still find that video that has 1,000 views or 2,000 views and show it to that audience. And then that artist can straight up, that changes the way that they can operate. I would like for them to be able to make a living off of it, quit their day job and like focus fully on it. And then like make their career what they want it to be. Yeah. Like I want to get to that place because that's the most fulfilling thing for not just my friends, but artists that I just, I like their art. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. I want to see them win. Yeah. That'd be yeah. Cool. yeah. I agree completely. I was going to say that's the original idea behind the thumbs up podcast is uh, there was a lot of local artists like around my area that were like pretty talented and they had like a really small fan base or it was just like their girlfriend or their mom's listening to their songs, like right. repeat. But, um, and I tried my best to give them like interviews and stuff like that, which a lot of them tried to throw like, you know, they have a manager. So hit these people up and I'm like, sorry, dude, you have like three monthly listeners. Like, I don't really need a manager. 
Hitler yeah, manager and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But um, our manager wasn't too hard to deal with. No, I mean, he, pain, but, you yeah, know. I was gonna say he was like, really, he was throwing some shade throughout the conversation, but I knew it was just like, he was just trying to throw a hard ball at me, but it's oh, all he's good. an East coast guy. That's, that's just his thing. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, He's used to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how he rolls. Yeah. Hey, it's all good. We, we all got a manager like that. So it's yeah, all, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But honestly, like, that's honestly what I like. I feel like a lot of people in the underground are really striving to do is like, just, or like people that want to support those people is work towards like actually helping these people make enough money where they don't have to work a day job and they can work on their art so yeah yeah and i think that's where we're all at so yeah it's really cool to see other people like-minded so yeah absolutely so moving off of that um you guys are ohio natives like myself and have really worked with some artists that have made a name for themselves like based out of uh ohio um like cal scrooby uh mm-hmm. josiah and do you see a lot of talent like them coming out of ohio whether it is music or even like creative work like riley with his graphic design um yeah i mean yeah. that's where we got our roots for sure there's still a lot of artists we're pulling for out of ohio um ohio's just like it's the the Midwest in general has that thing where like artists are, I guess, like more capable of like speaking for like a, the world, the country, like whatever, like they can reach a broader audience because when you grow up around like flat ass cornfields and like, you know, that same kind of like Vista, you just reach that point of melancholy sadness that is so relatable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> feels like real regular person shit. Yeah, That's exactly. what I like is like, even we, we were talking about the new Kid Cudi project, mm-hmm. how my favorite parts of it are when his cadence gets to be just like any regular Ohio dude that you talk to. Like he doesn't try to cover it up, try no. to be any sort of like, he's just sounds like guys I went to high school with when yeah. he's singing, he's talking, like singing, like how they talk, which is yeah. like, I just love that shit. I'm like, that's yeah. Ohio shit, yeah. you know? Oh, 100%. So, yeah, but I mean, as far as artists, like, there's so many and I don't want to like blank on any, but a lot of artists that we worked with from the very beginning, like Grande's crazy talented dude out of Cincinnati. Um, Suicide Rascal still we work very closely with. He's out of Cincinnati. And I think one of has more personality than basically any artist. I could yeah. totally see him having like a huge viral moment. He has a bunch of amazing unreleased music. Um, great friend of ours, but yeah. I mean, there's tons. I don't want to, I'm not going to try to list everybody, yeah, but we'll, we'll forget so many people. Yeah, for no, sure. It's totally okay. Trust me. I totally get it. Uh, I was just going to say, because even like me just being in like a small town of like Northeast Ohio, I can tell like that there's actual talent and that that's my biggest problem it, with Ohio is like, there's not enough people. Like if you go to California and the underground scene there there's everybody's promoting the underground scene. If you go to yeah. Florida, the same thing. I was like, you have so many artists like X ski, uh, Ghost Main, like all those guys that have blown up out of there because of the underground scene and the support from them. Um, I mean, you can also put that as uh, SoundCloud, you know, supporting those people as well, but they also had like hometown support as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Ohio like differs is like a lot of people are not getting that hometown support, like how you yeah. get in California, Florida, New York, anything like that. And uh, you Go touched ahead. on a few artists like right in the beginning that I think is like a sign of a little bit of a changing of the tides is like we're seeing that the like Cal's still independent. Oh like, yeah. We're, see, we're seeing how like it can happen and like even like a guy like Jack Harlow, like not Ohio, but like northern south, like that feels like very everyday kind of guy. Like yeah, you you're seeing how that home cook support can really work like in its own unique way. Like if we do it in Ohio, it's obviously going to be different than LA, New York, Chicago, Florida, but it might be better for that specific case. You know, the more times we see that over time, I think it's only going to multiply. Like mm, music's only becoming more and more accessible to people. Well, I think there's, there's two things I'll say about that. One is I think Florida kind of felt like that before X and ski and all that stuff. It kind of felt like that happens, but not here, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, there was like, what, like plies or something like there hasn't been a ton of music that popped up out of there, especially from the underground. Oh yeah. And, and so then it all happened and then the scene comes up that way. So I think that that, that like is precedent for any place in the country to become like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It just takes the, a certain artist. I think it takes like one artist to really revitalize it. Yeah. But and- 
Um, the second thing I was going to say is just, it reminds me a lot of a conversation I had with Josiah after like we were in LA and this is the first time that he was in LA and we went out to visit him. It's the only time I've ever been to LA actually. And we were sitting in the studio together and he was kind of like freaking out about how all this stuff had happened. Like he was just like, mm-hmm. Whoa, like this is real, you know? And I said to him, um, for a while in Cincinnati, there was this like air that the underground started going crazy in Ohio because Josiah had blown up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's almost like you just told a bunch of kids that Santa is real. Yeah. And then like they saw Santa, like you almost don't believe it because it doesn't feel like it could be real. Right. And then it is. And then everybody's freaking out because they're like, Oh my God, this could be me. Like this actually, there's a possibility. It, like a lot of artistic endeavors feel like you're kind of running towards something that you don't fully believe can happen. Yeah. You kind of are like, I hope so, but mm-hmm. the, the odds are stacked against me. And to see Josiah, a kid from Dayton who is like just putting songs up on SoundCloud, getting a couple hundred uh, plays then all of a sudden actually blow up and get signed and move to LA and make a living off of his music. It felt surreal. Yeah. And so that's the thing is like, that can happen anywhere and that'll inspire everybody else to go harder. And that's when real underground scenes I think are born is when they see someone succeed. So they think that that can happen for them. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm always surprised more and more like when I will show people like Cal, like his music, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, he's a great rapper. I'm like, yeah, bro, he's from Cincinnati. I'm like, he's literally, like, a straight-up Ohio kid, went to Ohio State, like, his first performance, or I think one of his first couple performances was opening up for J. Cole at Ohio State. Yeah. Like, like I'm more and more, I get surprised to hear that, like, people don't know about him. Mm. And, like, not entirely, because like, I understand, like, as an artist, you don't always want to, like, look up to somebody, but to, like, idolize and, like, be like, okay, like I need to be doing what this guy did too. Yeah. Cause he had like a huge following, like just in Ohio too, from like what I know. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of the old adages that I feel like you still kind of rings true from like yesteryear's music biz is like, you have to be the star of your hometown before you can be on the billboard charts. Yeah. And like that's not necessarily hundred percent true today. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that's like a that's like a good working philosophy to have, like as an artist. And Cal like has put his investments in all the right place, and is a good person to idolize like that because he put the work in on the video side. He put the work in on like putting his personality out there, and like definitely defined like his image and his brand, and like you know what to look for now. Yep. I agree. Completely. Yeah, he's he's a perfect model for like anybody who's independent trying to do it themselves because he does. Yeah, he puts an insane amount of work in like. Yeah, yeah an insane amount of work in. I, I definitely respect that dude so much. Yeah, me, sure. me both. I was going to say, and especially like listening to his like projects, like after his like management, um, like label, whatever he like, wherever he was signed at. Um, I think it like changed for him, especially like really becoming that like independent artist that he is today and like listening to that music and hear that change of like like fuck this shit like i'm really doing it and i think that's what really changed for him in my opinion yeah totally yeah 100 percent. but yeah um i don't know i just like i'm hoping one day i can like sit and like look at ohio and be like yeah like all these guys came out of here and like i witnessed this so that's like the main goal like i want this podcast to like help with that i guess yeah i think you will Uh, yeah i appreciate it thank you um now watching your guys's music videos um is always like an interesting treat i think because i watch you guys talk and like talk about different things when it comes to underground music but i think that's like one of the cool things is like you guys put a lot of time and effort into the music videos so obviously they're not going to be coming out like once a week or like you know um or you guys don't have like a huge team to like always help you guys out. But I think it's like a great added thing about your channel and like about your music videos. uh, The style of them is very different and very engaging about them. And how did you guys as a collective group create this style that you really do not see on really any like mainstream artist, I would say, or even 
um, any like smaller artists, nobody's really doing what you guys are doing. So like, how did you guys come up with that like concept for the style of music video? Well, I think a lot of it, it has to do with just Grant and Alex had been working together already on music videos. So like, let me just say, yeah, Grant, so Grant Meeker, he is, he shoots all the videos, he films all of them. And then Alex Constante, he edits them, does the VFX, basically everything else for the videos. And then I just do illustration and branding stuff for the videos. So I, I provide him with illustrations and uh, he animates them, stuff like that. And then I do like kind of the branding where I do the, the type and the color treatments and stuff like that. But I would say that the videos are mostly Alex and Grant. And that style has really just been, in a lot of ways, I think it's just their development collectively over the years yeah. has been, we have this ambition of trying to make, um, you know, I don't want to speak for them. So I'll say from my perspective and our conversations all together, like there are certain things we strive for with music videos. And a lot of them is just like memorability. Yeah. Like I try to say, you know, we might not be able to put out as many music videos as we want because it's a lot of work to keep up both sides of the channel and all that stuff. And the VFX especially takes so long oh, yeah. for our videos and we don't have a team every, we never outsource a single thing. It's just me, Grant and Alex every time. Yeah. And, um, but we try to do things that are like, you know, you say this video, what color is it? You can always picture it in your head how that video feels or how it looks. We want to do every video be like a moment like that. And so that's a huge part of it. But the rest of it is just any different combination of me, Grant and Alex sitting in a room trying to figure out what we should do or having an ambition to do this type of video and finding the right song for it. Um, yeah, I mean, we're trying to be as ambitious as possible with those yeah. with, with the music videos. And 2021 is gonna be big for pushing that. This year, it was tough with COVID to be able to yeah. go and shoot videos. Um, and also tough for us from a financial standpoint to be able to afford travel. to work on them as much and travel and all that stuff takes a lot. So, I mean, Grant and Alex are just two of like the most creative people I've ever spent time with too. Like these are guys that when you're on a music video shoot, they're, it's not like you have this typed out plain Jane, here's the shots we got to get. It's like, their minds are spinning at all times. Alex is like, what if there was a spaceship? And Grant's like, what if I held the camera like this? And you know, like there's just ideas always flowing with them. Yeah. And they're constantly like looking for that ceiling. Like they want to know what they can't do. Yeah. And they haven't really found it yet. So their ambition drives itself and that's credit to those guys. Yeah, to definitely. Especially. And then the thing that's cool about that is not just on the film shoot. It's like, that is kind of a consistent process in our house too. Yeah. If you go down and sit with Alex and he's editing these videos, he is thinking like, what if I tried to do this? And I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to learn the first step and then go from there. So he has learned so much from like two years ago to now. And he has no, his ambitions are like five miles ahead of him too. So yeah. the stuff he's thinking about doing right now is stuff that, I feel like people won't even really believe that a team of three people who live in like a like broken down house in Detroit could really do. It's going to look like movie studio stuff yeah. and doing it with also with no budget has been the hardest part. Like we really don't make a lot of money or anything. We're just doing this. And what Alex is capable of is really what puts the music videos over the top for, yeah. for us, for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, cause like watching like vlogs and stuff like that, when you guys do have shoots, like um, the video with it's okay to cry. And also to the most recent music video set with Sebi and the mm. vlog with that, you can really tell how minimalistic your guys' shooting is and like, but how much efforts put into like to that minimalism is like finding every Avenue that you can use in a shoot just to make it look even 10 times cooler than it already does. And yeah. also like you talked about like the VFX, like not even like people that have high budgets can do half that stuff that you guys are doing anyways. So like, that's yep. also the crazy thing is like watching the boner video, you're sitting there like, how in the hell are these guys doing all this stuff with like this small team? But like you said, like you guys have never outsourced. And I think that's something special to talk about even, you know, that's something I would definitely gloat about if I was you guys. Oh, we do. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we, we, I try to not make a habit of ever like, 
you know, I think it's, it's a weird dynamic that I'm trying to explain, but like saying like we do this with no budget and we don't outsource anything. I don't want to like shade anybody who right, is it's fine. If you do the, yeah, because it, it's, 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 we have damn near killed ourselves working on this stuff. Like oh, yeah. there, the days before music videos come out, it's like 72 hours of no sleep trying to make sure that we can finish these things. And we spend two months on the things like the moment we can afford to outsource some of the like simple work, like the, yeah. like the rotoscoping for music video, like stuff like that. We're going to do it. We just can't afford yeah. to do it. You know? So I don't want to be out here. Like we've never outsourced a thing, blah, 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 blah. And then two months later when our budgets are higher and we do, then we're going to be like, well, now we do. Yeah, I'm know? not gloating about the fact that I don't have a private chef and I cook all my meals. But <laughs> yeah. like, if I could afford a private chef, oh, yeah, I want to be able to do it. <laughs> I just think it's very like interesting to see like the three of you guys honestly doing that because there are definitely people though that would gloat about that and gloat about it and keep it going like that. Um, and you see channels that started like that where they were doing very minimalistic things and now all of a sudden they have huge budgets and they're still keeping that like, oh, this is a homegrown video. Like I'm still underground and that's not the right. truth anymore. And that's okay too. Like obviously like as yeah. you grow, you want to work with like bigger artists and have a bigger budget. But I right. think what you guys are doing with the artists that you do have is definitely very commendable and very amazing. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we want to hold on to some of that stuff that we have seen other people lose. But again, I think, growth is just one of those it's indescribable you never know how it's going to affect you so i don't try to judge somebody who quote unquote like sells out or anything like i don't know what it's like to be coleman yeah, you know i don't yeah. know what it's like to be him yeah, but no. at the same time i feel like his old videos they might have not been as impressive but there was this certain soul to them yeah that isn't present every time and sometimes i do feel that recaptured in some cole bennett stuff but I really don't know what it's like to have 15 million YouTube subscribers no, and yeah, 100%. be directing like the Chicago bears commercials and then go do a video for Eminem. Like, I don't know. So yeah. I can't blame the guy, you know, and his dreams are his dreams. So, yeah, I agree completely. Honestly, though, if you really think about it though, imagine waking up to an email that says, Hey, Eminem does wants to do a video with you. Like yeah. I would throw up a hundred percent. I would not want to do bearded Eminem. Give me slim shady Eminem. Yeah. I feel like the weirdest thing now is like, um, and we've talked about kind of the, the trials that come with doing content and music videos. It's kind of like, almost like, uh, like Anthony Fantano, how he's like a critic and then he does interviews. Like, it's kind of a weird thing. Cause you're going to interact with people that you've probably said things about. Like if Eminem asked us to do a music video, I would just pray that he never watched our content. Yeah. Like, shit on Eminem all the time. So it's like, like I think about that all the time of like, oh, oh yeah. we're going to shit on somebody and then we're going to get this big opportunity and then they're going to see us tons of footage, like a super cut of us making fun of them. And then, you know, who knows? Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if you guys watched the Anthony Fantano and Logic interview, but that was one of the most interesting things I've ever watched in my life. I didn't watch it, but I watched the clip where Logic said, like, I respect you regardless of, like, your criticism of me. Yeah, shit. I was going to say, like, from the jump, like, Anthony Fantano goes, yeah, I've, like, reviewed your music so poorly, but, like, ever since the beginning, you've never let go of yourself or, like, who you are. Like, and that's the one thing I will always keep true. Like, that's why I wanted to do this interview. And I was like, damn, this is something cool. Like, yeah. Because there's that's so many critics. Real. Yeah. That's real. That's real as hell. Yeah, because so. I'm sure like there's plenty of people that I don't like their music and we might be like the best of friends. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? True. Like I have friends that make music that I don't like or care about at all. But like Jacob Sigmund. Jacob no, Sigmund. No, we're, just, <laughs> no, we're like, joking. We're huge fans. <laughs> He's like our best friend. <laughs> it's kind of reverse there. I like his music and I don't really like him. But like that can happen. And I don't know. You got to bring like some humanity to it at a certain point. And I think we often try and do that is like it's not really just about you know the hype or about your artistry like we can break it down to a human level and like we can have a good conversation like joe rogan set that path for us and we're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but in all honesty i do kind of, i do believe in that yeah no 100 percent. i was gonna say because like obviously as a person you're not always gonna like everybody's music so yeah. you yeah. have moments where you're gonna be like well, this is a big person that we could work with and they seem like an all right person. So why wouldn't I like, right. obviously that's going to happen. And also great artists can make 
bad songs like that happens or like flop on an album like oh yeah we've seen that a lot you know yeah. chance the rapper it's fine yeah that guy <laughs> yeah chance the former rapper <laughs> yeah, chance the former rapper <laughs> yeah no i agree completely um so lord have mercy i feel like we got sidetracked for a second did we tends to happen it tends yeah, to happen okay yeah uh, <laughs> okay. i think it, we were just talking about music videos okay yeah okay. sorry my brain was like all over the place for a second um okay. but so going off of that uh like i told you guys at the beginning of this uh you guys were some of the first youtubers or people that were like talked about music that talked about the hyper pop scene um now with being in touch with the underground scene and like you know being on the internet as much as you guys are uh what how did you guys find it um it's kind of a, it's weird. We didn't know we were talking about hyperpop. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I did the very first five hottest songs in the underground, it was like January or February of la- of this year of 2020. Yeah. So last year, if you're watching this or uh, listening to this, I assume, but um, it was like around then we reacted to pressure by David Shoddy and youngster Jack, along mm-hmm. with uh, Thos Moser by guppy and fraxium now food house and both of those would be classified as hyper pop but at the time we had the conversation where we were like what is this is this glitch core is this whatever and there was it was the same conversation i think a lot of people were having Mm -hmm. at the time but a lot of the music that i had liked from the previous year 2019 would also maybe be classified as hyper pop but it just didn't have a name yet yeah. And even further back than that, I was very into PC music. Right. And Charlie XEX when she did like the Vroom Vroom EP and like some AG Cook stuff, some Caro Caro Bonito, some Cutie, like all that stuff that was playing with the same sounds, like Sophie, all that. I, I really liked all of that stuff. And then now the underground scene that exists. So I don't really know when we found it, but I would say if, if I broke it down to like, new age what people would call hyper pop it'd probably be like when david shoddy and youngster jack started doing it is probably my yeah. first exposure to like the underground version yeah. of it so yeah i was, I was gonna say because like the first time i ever personally heard it and like you guys said like you didn't even know you were listening to hyper pop you just thought it was like a new sound like people were like testing out almost is when i heard charlie xcx like when i yeah. heard her starting to do that and then also too like hearing um a hundred gex like blow yeah. up and like all like you know people being interested in that and them being like i don't even know what the fuck this is but like it just sounds crazy and cool they still and, don't put a genre on that they know yeah. nobody knows what to call gex yeah i was gonna say because they do it 10 times different than anybody else that i've ever heard at least um and i think that's the interesting part of like that genre and i think that's also too the biggest problem with music now is like it's becoming more and more genreless where it's like influenced by many things but it's really not it's it, there's no genre to name it yeah. right yeah i mean we we've had many conversations about how hyperpop even the underground version of hyperpop is really like six different genres yeah yeah like to me oaf one doesn't sound like glaive Mm-mm. glaive doesn't sound like kid trash kid trash doesn't sound like you know david shoddy like right. it just is all so different like eric doa doesn't sound like it's just all this stuff is so different to me and they're all kind of influenced by different things like quinn talks about being like she was influenced by sped like chief keith like sped up drill like yeah like dr- nightcore drill shit yeah but then there's some people like fraxium and guppy who obviously are influenced by pc music and then there's some kids who have never heard of PC music and don't know what it is and are making stuff that is kind of a pred- or a um, successor of it. So yeah. it's like, you know. I think one of the common threads I see in it is like, it has a lot of, gives me like reminders of like the early or like late 2018, like bedroom pop time. Like when oh, that yeah. became like a phrase. Mm-hmm. This is now just like, to me, it's like, kids making like a whole new kind of music like on their own a lot of it's self-prod a lot of it's in their rooms and mostly like the theme of all the music videos is very like in-house and full of like nostalgic kind of sporadic images and montages and memes and collages and stuff and it all feels like very personal and to me that's like the biggest common thread like despite all the different influences and it being a new genre you're allowed to do that 
you can infuse it with whatever brought you to this point. And so that's really exciting to watch now, but there's, there's no rules really to it. It just seems to be kind of all like, it seems to be personal and cooked up like in-house, like, no, there's nothing to really copy. Mm -hmm. So like, you're not following, you know, the, if you make music that sounds just like a hundred Gex, people love calling you a Gex clone. Like you better bring some individuality to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gex clone is the new peep clone. Yeah. People just say it as a blanket statement, but like, you know, I don't think a lot of those artists sounded like peep and I don't think a lot of the artists sound like Gex. I just think it's a nuanced thing. If you've only heard Gex and then you hear somebody in the underground making some glitch shit, then you're just going to be like, Oh, this is like a Gex clone. So whatever. Yeah. I was going to say the comparison between like the 2018, like bedroom pop and like this is like very evident. And I never really thought of it like that. Cause if you think about it, like you saw, you heard Claro blow up like out of nowhere. And then yeah. you started hearing about Cuco and then you heard boy Pablo. And then yep. you just heard like the list of people that were making Zach Hillary and everybody. yeah. Yeah. And then that was like the same thing with this. Like, you heard of a hundred gecks, but then a little bit over time after they like really blew up, you heard about Quinn, you heard about Glaive, you heard about, yeah, like Kid Trash, like all those guys or all those people that are in the hyperpop realm. And then yeah. you also had people like Rico Nasty drop one of her bigger songs yeah. this year. Um, and that was a hyperpop song or is considered yeah. a hyperpop song. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an amazing thing. And I think music's on its way to not be as like labeled, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, but that's something I that I interesting you bring up the Rico Nasty thing. I was talking to Graydon on stream, I think, once about this, but I felt like that's when I knew that okay, the labels are about to start signing everybody in the underground because if Atlantic, I think Rico's on Atlantic, is gonna push iPhone as the single for Rico Nasty's album, a Dylan Brady produced song, it's like of course they know that there's this this is the market now that yeah. people want to hear stuff like this. And so that's when I was like, okay, of course, Glaive's going to get signed. Of course, yeah. there's people trying to sign Eric and Sebi and Quinn and David and all of them. So that's when I felt like, okay, it needed that moment though, because it felt like COVID just, yeah. it was, everything was trapped in this quarantine yeah. thing. There's never been a show where everybody's singing the Glaive lyrics back at Glaive. There's mm-hmm. never been a show where Quinn, everybody's yelling bad idea. Like, it's never happened. And so there needed to be that moment of like, let's see this thing go global. Oh yeah. And I think it'll happen right when COVID's over is these tours are going to be like insane. And then people will see that Hyperpop actually has some legs. But Yeah, I agree completely. I was going to say, cause I noticed like it was getting bigger when I noticed that Glaive put out a project because I was like, okay, now it's, it's sign time. Cause I, you know, you can always check like how it got distributed and like all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's go time now for Hyperpop. I was like, this kid yeah. is the start of it, so. Yeah, Breakins did Columbia, and then Glaive did Interscope, I think. Yeah, but either way, oh, like, yeah. yeah it was... I was going to say, because Breakins was, like, the first look that I had, and it was because of you guys. Like, I saw a dropout, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I was, like, kind of like a pop and, like, you know, like, Digicore, whatever you wanted to call it at that time, and then you just yeah. saw a list of people, like, coming out of nowhere with this music that was similar but very different compared to everybody's yeah yeah and even breakins is still stands out as super different to me yeah i think that breakins could like 2021 could have a top 10 song on billboard oh yeah kids like brendan yuri over dylan brady production like yeah it's a real 2020 pop star shit yeah yeah i was gonna say it's gonna be a 2021 is gonna be a nuts year for a lot of different music i think yeah i'm excited just to see where it goes yeah yeah so i'm gonna take a pause here for a second if you guys don't mind all right we just had to take a little bit of a break there um but going into the next question um i think you guys are really gonna like this question um okay so if you are a fan of Hive Mind, uh, you know they have a video series where they guess their fans' favorite musical artist. Okay? Ooh, All right? Yeah. So I was wondering if you guys could guess my favorite musical artist just by looking at me. Oh. I'll take wrong it. answers, too. It's okay. Oh. Are we allowed to use any of, like, the context? Yeah, that you we, have to. Because we've, ta- we've talked to you for, like, an hour. So yeah. that's kind of the difference. Yeah, I was going to say, and also, too, if you guys need to, I'll give you some time. Go on the Instagram if you want to look. I'll, oh, I'll no, no, no. We don't do any of that. It's all, okay. it's got to be. 
we get the same amount of time that we do in our videos. So yeah, um, no, that's fine. Uh, I, right I'm now. not gonna lie to you. I was pretty vague and pretty open with uh, what what music I talked about. So I feel like yeah, we that's have a hard true. time narrowing. Okay. Hmm. So this is of all time, right? Um. How about this? I'll give you guys top three. I have like top three. Okay. Right now. Okay. So if we hit any of those. Yeah. If you guys can give me the list, or like at all least right. hit one of them in the list. Okay. Okay. So what what are you what vibes are you getting? I want to say Kanye is one of the top three. Kanye, okay. I'm getting more. I feel like a certain kinship with you over that we probably were into like emo music before we were into rap and stuff. So I'm thinking there might be like a hold holdover favorite from that world. That's kind of where my head was at. Hmm. You're giving me nothing on your face. That's yeah, I like that. You're just, face. it's like looking at a picture. You're basically <laughs> just frozen in time. Okay. Hmm. Here, wow. This is tough, dude. One more. These clues? Wait, are these clues? I'm just like, I'm giving you guys, yeah, whatever oh, you want. Oh, I'm just giving oh, you the whole thing. Okay. Oh, so like how we would do it. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. So he's got a white Sox hat. Uh, I've, he's already told me that he's not from Chicago. We know he's from Ohio. So that, that, that's out of the question. I saw a little bit of a, almost like a yacht club tattoo, but it looked kind of like a pop punk logo mm-hmm. tattooed there. And then also some sort of insect. I like to assume that he likes outdoor activities too. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe like wiffle ball. Is that mm-hmm. what you're thinking? Yeah. Something like that. Wiffle ball. Okay. Wiffle ball or, um, shuffleboard uh-huh he's got oh he's got headphones they're nice I, i'm assuming he's maybe like a podcast host of some sort uh okay let's see let's look around the room a little bit not much i can see totally there seems to be some sort of like painting or maybe poster it looks Little like a canvas art. thing maybe one of those like street art from france is that what is that what i'm getting no okay uh shoot i'm sticking with kanye i think kanye's in his top three okay um I am going to go with, I'm going to go safe. I'm just going to go with Lil Peep. You guys are both wrong, but I'll give you guys <sighs> a second try. A second try. Okay. Uh, okay. New and I will say this. Kanye West is nowhere near my top three. Nowhere near. Oh, so, okay. Nowhere. Oh, wow. um, all right. I am going to go with, I'm going to go with modern baseball. I'm going to say Denzel Curry. <laughs> That, honestly Graydon that's top five for me so okay. you got Whoa, top five okay. I felt a little dormant from you when talking about the Florida, Florida. Yeah, yeah that makes sense okay so give us give what is the top three top three nothing nowhere's number one okay number two's Mac Miller and number three is Aries oh, oh. I should have guessed Mac Miller because you're so close to the PA border yeah I became a big fan of Mac Miller when he dropped uh, the Divine Feminine, and then every project wow. after that, I was a huge fan of. Love that project. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And then, wow. uh, Nothing Nowhere. I found Hammer, and then I found everything else, and I fell in love. And nice. then Aries. I heard Sayonara, and then fell in love. Mm. And I went I, too. I went too far back with the modern baseball thing because uh, Nothing Nowhere is like. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, crossover potential from people who liked emo that end up finding like nothing, nowhere and Gucci high waters and all that. I was going to say, I grew up listening to, uh, I had a brother that was like severely in like the hardcore and punk scene in yeah. the PA area. Severely. So you make it sound like a bad thing. <laughs> no, no. Like I saw, recovery was a really bad word. <laughs> no, but I grew up listening to like hardcore music. The, the tattoo, the OLOC is from a band uh, from New York. They're named H2O. And the lead okay. singer uh, says one life, one chance all the time. And then uh, my mom listens to like 80s pop music. And then my dad listens to 90s rap. So nice. I, so all three of those combined has made me those three top artists. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Those make sense. We're, we're concoctions of those same, of, yeah. of different things that make up our, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I grew up hardcore, like MySpace music type oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, when you said uh, you had like an early was it early like emo phase or like listening to emo music early on i was like yeah this guy's about to get something I, i'm waiting to hear it like, uh, yeah. came out Kanye, i was like dang i really wish you didn't say Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like honestly we've resorted to picking kind of safe things like well yeah it's tough it's it's weird to be like i don't know yeah it's it's not an easy game yeah. oh no it's 100%. much harder than you think Oh yeah, I can imagine. Like me looking at you guys, like I would not imagine. Like Graydon, I would a hundred percent not think like Kanye. 
like would be you'd be a huge Kanye fan right and Stevie Wonder Stevie Wonder all right and then Riley I was gonna say Riley I would have never guessed like you'd be super into indie pop or like not indie pop I meant hyper pop lord I can't talk today right yeah yeah yeah. no yeah I don't I like everything though like my favorites of all time I don't think anybody would be able to guess unless you've heard me say them you're like talking about them yeah yeah I was gonna Someday say, some people are gonna get some people to guess, maybe. Yeah, I think that would be really cool, especially like your Discord and like all that kind of stuff. I think that'd be dope. Like them just like throwing out random ass shit. Like, yeah, I was gonna say because both of you guys have talked about like every genre. Like you guys talking about like how much you like, like because you guys talked about like Phoebe Bridgers the one episode, and I yep. was like, I was like, when did that become a thing on this show? I was like, all right, let's talk about that too, dude. I've been pulling for Phoebe Bridgers for so long, like. I remember the first, like the day motion sickness came out, I watched the video and was like, oh my God, like I, this is just like breathes new air into like this whole scene. Oh yeah. I agree completely. Oh, yeah. She's the best. I think she's like, I predicted last year uh, in a video that she would be nominated for a Grammy. And then she was nominated for four Grammys. I was like, hell you yeah. You did it. I was there. <laughs> Call it. I was gonna okay. say because yeah, but honestly, that was uh, I, I would say you guys did a pretty good job from what you had, like good guesses on that. So hell sure. yeah. Um, and then I have like a last question I always ask every person that comes onto the show. Uh, okay. If you guys can pick your favorite artist right now, um, and why? Favorite artist right now and why? Yeah. Hmm. I always have to break out the Spotify for this just to make sure like I'm not lying you know yeah um ooh, i'm trying to think huh i'm i'm gonna go with i think just like in full honesty this album didn't come out this year it came out in 2019 but i cannot stop listening to paying by caroline polachek who okay. uh was formerly the lead singer of chairlift and then made an album with danny harl from uh pc music last year that is like super orchestral hyper pop okay and if anybody out there has not listened to that album you should listen to it it is it's like addicting like i when when i'm done listening to it i feel almost lost like i just don't know what else to listen to i'm like i want to listen to this again i wish there was more that existed that was like this and Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's one of those feelings i'm always kind of chasing yeah um for me right now I mean, for the last like three, four years, it's been really hard for me not to say Anderson Pock, just yeah. because of like the multi-instrumentalist thing is always a big drive for me. The like fusion of old school funk and just like that attitude that was in the late seventies is like something I really admire and like can really respect out of him, but like a fresher face that's kind of in the same wave of music that I was really hot on 2020 um, is St. Panther. You heard of her? She's no, like a, kind of of the same vein, like multi-instrumentalist, like jazz trained girl from LA. And she released an EP in 2020 called These Days. And it's like almost like G-funk rap to like modern soul. And wow. I, I think that's going to be like a huge wave in the near future. It's kind of like a resurgence of a neo soul and like mm-hmm. old school funk scene. Yeah, I was gonna say because you can see soul music kind of making a rise for itself, like even in some like pop songs, even uh, they're yeah. like catching on yeah. the billboards and stuff like that. And I definitely can see that, like with Anderson Pack, like him making such a noise for himself in the past like two, I would even say three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely see that being like almost like a resurgence in rap yeah. music or you know oh. like pop or R and B. And the thing with both those artists too that I love is like they're like real band leaders. Oh like, yeah, you, like Anderson Pac like assembles a team of musicians, or like when he works with Knowledge and does the No Worries stuff. Like, yeah, it's all like very like the concept's always very strong, and like the execution is over the top. Like, yeah, he always just pushes it home. And I was gonna say too, I think that's like one of the craziest thing now is like there's so many artists that are going by themselves, like they're just like a one person thing. Like you can even say Nothing Nowhere uh, was originally like I mean he is still, but these guys are now becoming more and more of a band almost. Yeah. Like um, I was going to say, and I think that's the cool part is like so many people want to be in bands, but like in this day and age with music, it's so hard to be a band and make it yep. like through everything. Like, I don't know how like some of these bands do it, but like they keep striving for it. But I think that's the great thing about music too, is 
like these freelance almost like drummers guitarists bassists now they have jobs where they can go on like huge tours and you know do what they want to do with like a you know like a personality or almost like an entertainer that they've always wanted to work with right and also that's kind of circles back to that thing we were talking about earlier is like every creator it's kind of like that yeah like with our, our music videos that's what we're doing is like doing the most that we can do to get to a place where then we can have people that can help us. So it becomes a bigger production, you know? Yeah. Like that's what every creator, you have to try to do it yourself and work yourself like half to death. Yeah. And then you'll get to the place like nothing nowhere did where then, okay, now it's a band. Like I was making kind of rock ish music or email music, whatever was making that on my own and I made a name for myself and now I can afford and have the influence to then bring Good people job. in to make it as full and big as you can. Oliver Francis, same thing. You know? Oh yeah. And that's like, say, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say Oliver Francis is like a perfect example of that. Like that guy, like, I mean, he did listen to rap music, but like you can see his influences like through his Instagram of like early, like emo rock and like all that kind of stuff. And like watching videos of him. Under like, drum. drum covers. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's doing like crazy stuff where like, I could definitely see him becoming like almost like a, like a pop punk, like, you know, fusion between pop punk and rap, like, or yeah. something crazy like that. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go like the MGK route, but like, that's beside the point. Right. Right. But yeah. like, in a couple of years, Gene Dawson's going to have like a band around. Oh him. yeah. And yeah. If he does it right, like a sign of old school artistry is like being able to give some of that weight to other people and like create a chemistry to mm. where you're not having so much on your shoulders and other people can kind of add their own take. And that brings the music to like a much higher place than one person can ever do. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, Kenny Hoopla, like yeah. Kenny Hoopla already, yeah. like, doing backflips with the mic while Travis Barker plays behind him. Yeah. And like, we saw that dude with put the beat on in Detroit and perform like, like there were 50,000 people there and there were like 15 people there. Yeah. Like dude was losing his mind. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is if you do it well enough by yourself, the rest will come together, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest sign. Like you could even look at like wicked face Springs eternal. Like yeah. he was a part of tiger's jaw. Yeah, and he yeah went, you know what f this like i'm i'm gonna go do my own thing and now he has you know he's part of gbc and like running that so i i mean i think that's the greatest thing about like the internet and how it's changed music is everybody's there themselves but then over time it becomes this like almost collective yeah. of people so and yeah. wickaface left tiger's jaw in 2013 and started doing beat music he was so far ahead of everything it is oh, like yeah. mind-boggling because yeah. GBC didn't hit a huge stride until 2016, 2017. So, yeah. Wicked Face is one of my favorite artists of all time. So, like, That's awesome. Yeah. And I was a Tiger's Jaw fan back then, too. But, I, I mean, they're still great. So Yeah, I was going to say, because growing up, my brother would talk about Tiger's Jaw all the time. And yeah. then all of a sudden, I watched an interview of his. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, people always ask me about the Tiger Jaw thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he goes, yeah, I was a part of it. I was like, what the hell? I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, dude, that's nuts. But um, I just want to thank you guys so much for, you know, jumping on the podcast and everything. Uh, it means a lot to me and especially being a fan of your guys's. And uh, uh, I thought this conversation went really well and I really appreciate uh, the both of you. Um, but if you guys want to shout out your, your like social medias or, you know, shout out anything that's coming up soon, uh, go right ahead. Well, first of all, thank you for having us. Yeah, we it's appreciate you. it. Yeah, we appreciate you having us on. Uh, yeah, I mean, our you can follow us on Instagram at HiveMindTV. You can search HiveMind on YouTube. You just got to scroll past Liberal HiveMind, which is a big right-wing media YouTube channel. Just scroll right past them. To yeah, our, Riley's not associated with I'm not associated with, I promise. <laughs> uh, but just, <laughs> just look for the yellow logo, and that's yeah. us. Uh, and then what are, what are your socials? Uh, my social is kdivine06 on Instagram, and that's the only one I care about because I don't want anybody following my Twitter. <laughs> okay, make sure to follow kdivine06 yeah, on Instagram. If you're a Hive <laughs> Mind fan and, you, and you've listened to this point, make sure to check out Kyle on Instagram. And listen yeah. to the podcast, The Comp. I bet you this is going to be a great series. I'm excited yeah. for it. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And this was Thumbs Up Podcast. Peace. We give it two thumbs up. Don't <laughs> And that is the end of the episode. I really appreciate everybody listening to the episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation just as much as I did. Um, 
it was a lot of fun. Uh, Riley and Graydon are great people to talk to, uh, very wholesome guys. And I was um, really excited to do this. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but please uh, go follow them on their Instagrams. Um, Hi of Mind TV on Instagram. Uh, go follow Riley and see his artwork. Uh, Graydon's barely on you know social media. So if you want to go follow him, cool. Uh, if not, cool. But please, please, please go support them on their uh, YouTube channel at Hive Mind TV. Watch their videos if you love music or hip hop or anything in general. Um, with underground music, you will love their YouTube channel. I promise you. Um, but yeah, seriously, go support those guys. They're great, uh, great guys, great people to watch. Great, you know, conversation with them. So uh, yeah. But if you guys could, please go review this wonderful podcast um, and uh, you know rate it and stuff like that if you can. And then go follow uh, the podcast on YouTube at Thumbs Up Podcast, or I mean, subscribe. And then uh, follow the Instagram as well at thumbs up pod. And then follow me, Kyle.nice underscore on Instagram. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I really appreciate everybody listening to this episode. So, peace.